heard of that. <laughs> 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 we hit record because we are talking about some really cool things today on the PacificPelican.us slash 64 podcast. That's right. Uh, uh, thanks for joining me, Jessica. Thanks for having me. It's a fun day Sunday for us. Because <laughs> every day's fun. Ding! Or just get me equipment warmed up. <laughs> and uh, speaking of laughs, we were just watching something that was making us laugh. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, um, I, I think this is a pretty good, uh, example of how, how tolerant people are when, uh, it's, it's, it's another one of these YouTube prank calls, but people are so tolerant of, um, of, uh, like when, if, if, yeah, well, here's. Hello, the Italian Silver Trust, this is Malani, how may I help you? Hello. Hi. Everything's all right. I'm sorry? Everything's all right. You're, you're all right. Yes, everything's great. How are you? Yeah. All right. clip and then um uh this stupid uh pre-rolls we all we get hit with the pre-rolls it's a restaurant you keep calling a restaurant yeah. that's somebody's house because <laughs> this phone behavior would be acceptable if it was somebody's house yeah <laughs> So God 
says, Harry and Barbara, you've got to He dropped the temperature 40 degrees. Uh-huh. So much wind that it knocked out the lights in the in the uh, Capitol Dome. First time in years. It's still cold. And now Chicago, we're hearing it's the coldest maybe on record in one degrees. And the Lord is saying, Democrats, it isn't going to happen that way. Well, <laughs> I think that's... that was the stillwell grandma soundboard yeah that 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 one's phenomenal um i've dropped in a couple clips of yeah, that that one. Um, I mean, I I think actually some of the best. Uh, there's some great calls like. Uh, <laughs> right, so um, the the soundboard they were using uh, in that call we were just listening to, uh, uh, <laughs> like I think that was used to yeah here so. Let's see if, if they use on, on her and see how she reacts. Instead instead of the way that those people there reacted. Hello. You have an incoming collect call. To accept this call with a charge of nine dollars and fifty cents. Press one on your phone now. Or press two on um, your phone to decline There's so call. many of these. I don't think that... I can't accept those kind of calls. Who's <laughs> calling collect? Thank you, you for... Uh, um, <laughs> all right. Here. Nine bucks for a collect call? That <laughs> seems like a lot. I think they're making it up. I think they're making fake calls. <laughs> but it might be yeah. that much. This is Saturday, Oh, yeah, the two old ladies call each other. (laughs) So, this is like over the top. Exactly, but instead of being tolerant, the other, the actual old lady is very intolerant of the old lady somewhere. So, do you think this is like um, how we share that childhood, you know, fun of prank calls now? Because you probably can't really do a prank call these days. Well, and the people do them, but they do them with uh, voice over IP services. Yeah. Is that the new prank call? Exactly. And then they put them on YouTube. Right? I mean, I'm sure these are like the modern day prank calls. I mean, I prank called people and it was hilarious. Oh, for sure. Like, um, <laughs> there were there were times like like prank calling eight hundred numbers and stuff. And like, uh, we had three party conferencing. So, um, nice. like in high school, like I had a friend that we would uh, we would we would we would just conference and then we could call <laughs> <laughs> and like so so we could both you know do our part. So it could be like ah! in the background screaming. Yeah. I did them with my friend Amber a lot after school. I thought we were pretty funny. Um, yeah, like, uh, it, it was, it's true that, like, people, like, when we were, like, in grade school, 
around that time, I think the technology was still at a point where a lot of people had rotaries and people with touchstones. There wasn't a standard caller ID service that was very common. Right. So And people just picked up the phone because they're like, well, I don't know. Somebody's calling me. I've got this device. Well, exactly. You know? But they, and there wouldn't this usually be caller ID. That would yeah. totally changed the game. So even by the time we were in high school, there was... By the time we were in high school, it was easy for companies to have caller ID information or, or run traces. And it was easy for people to have their own call. People were starting to buy it. And it was a separate service. It wasn't like standard and common. Now, what the wouldn't you say in the U.S. these days, probably most calls are cell phone to cell phone. Or that's the most typical. Yeah. I mean... Cell phones kind of caller ID built in in most cases. That's just crazy. You're right. I mean, you're I think people, people, you know. people have the account holder name usually linked to the cell phone uh, number in a lot of cases when they call, right? So it's just sort of an expectation. So person-to-person calling isn't that common. Um, but, yeah, they do cultivate these... Uh, these 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 people that they know are going to react and stay on the line. That's the key. Yeah. Staying on the line and 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 just uh, like isn't that it doesn't that take it to another level and that's why people keep getting called with their you know and then people make soundboards out of what they say and they'll call them back with their own soundboard or call other people with their soundboard but i i think yeah targeting like the hospitality industry where they're gonna try several times <laughs> those are so easy you know? no that's so easy to like call a hotel a because they have to keep answering yeah they want to like make the well, sale oh, or oh, figure it oh, out oh, or not be rude a restaurant basically needs it's in their interest to keep answering to take orders. Uh, a hotel has to keep answering because there's going to be people, family members, and business associates calling people at the hotels, and you have to be able to run the calls through. Even as more and more people would just use cell phones these days, there's still people that will expect to get a call through the hotel or a message or something. You know, like it's uh, you you can't you have to keep answering. You have to keep picking that line up. You don't know who the next person calling that could be. You know, could be a client or something. So those people are just captive audiences for the, and then and they'll be called with the soundboards, and that's why they'll have they'll have ones that happen over and over. And you're talking about like, well, people can't do them anymore. Like they don't do it as much. There is some paranoia about it. Um, the soundboard prank calls wikia, the uh, um, the page at you know, uh, um, uh, on the 2008 Duncan scare, it says. Quote, the 2008 Duncan Scare, less commonly known as the first Duncan Scare or library incident, was an incident in April 2008 which resulted in the soundboard prank call community removing almost all Duncan-related prank calls, soundboards, and media from both YouTube and various other websites such as Realm of Darkness, uh, um, which removed all victim soundboards and calls based on the erroneous fear of legal repercussions. Such fears were seemingly credible at the time, though, would later come to be proven as baseless, unquote. So, aside from the fairly questionable reasoning in the in the uh, present in that in that uh, post, you can see what you say. Like, there's there's that happened in 2008, and then apparently there was a 2011 Duncan scare. So another page on Wikia, uh, on the soundboard prank calls Wiki, uh, has a. Uh, uh, it has an entry under the 2011 Duncan scare. So anyway, like apparently there were people, people got paranoid that right. posting this stuff, they were going to get, I don't know, you know, sued or have charges filed against them. But it's, <laughs> it's really not like it's, it's, it's probably, it actually, let's think about this. I don't know, but isn't it probably pretty permissible under first amendment grounds? And I know there's a lot of party to party recording uh, states and stuff. Yeah. Like there's a lot of rules, but there's a number of states where if you call 
all you have to have, it's, it's one party permission for a recording, right? So there's some states where you can record all the phone calls that come to your house and all the calls you make. And then some states where they, they say they require permission, I think. And, yeah. you know, um, it's like a patchwork of different states. Uh, it's, but, uh, if, if, so depending on what state you're at, but then other than that, you're, if you're, if you, if you can record something or maybe you can warn people that you're recording, like you could say at the beginning and not leave it in the thing. And then you post it to YouTube. Is there something wrong with that? Could it be invasion of privacy? But I don't know. Is it permissible under first amendment grounds? I would think so. Wouldn't you? I mean... As long as how you're accessing it is open and free. I yeah. I guess, though, you have to take the consequences, right, of what you say and what it could possibly do. Well, people could, like, I mean, they could react to it by, um, in a public, by, by speaking speaking themselves in a public forum or something i i i mean a lot of people will post stuff anonymously online may yeah maybe um i don't know about the anonymity part and stuff it's all it's it's all very uh it's all very unclear uh to me but but either way it's that you know there have been those scares where they deleted a bunch of stuff but here's the other thing the um the calls will be deleted off YouTube slowly. Like, you know, like, so if, if there are links, like this, this, uh, this Wikia page, they'll have links at the bottom about, you know, uh, uh, some of the calls to or using the soundboard of certain people, like the yeah. Stillwell, you know, or whatever, and um, the bail bondsmen. So, so like, they, they, uh, well, they, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll have those, um, and they'll get erased. the The accounts will get deleted. Like so, so you'll li- you'll you'll follow the links, and they won't be there. How would you describe? I mean, this I don't know resurgence of of soundboards, or you know, explosion of. I mean, what do you attribute to the the popularity of these? I don't Assuming know. that it's popular, I think it is, but maybe no. I would say yeah. I would say sometime in like. It, it was. It's probably been like a thing. Like you know, like you can say two thousand eight Duncan scare. I think there've been people making calls like this and stuff for a while. But um, yeah, YouTube I guess has kind of gone. Has kind of been a catalyst for sharing it. Right. So it, like, is it like share your own comedy kind of a thing? Like, look what I got out. Almost like a performance yeah, art. I guess so. I guess it has. I'm I guess it's starting with the same. T- you know, set of you know colors and what you put out there and how you mix it basically. So kind of like a. Show some skill with your mixing and anticipation well, there, to make it... How long can you go? Absolutely. Right? No, th- there's definitely an element of that. No question. Now, I think it, it, it there's an element of it that comes from the kind of... Uh, let's just say, maybe maybe this isn't the right word. Maybe this is an overused word, but like the, the, the tradition of internet trolling, basically. But then also, like you mm-hmm. said, it's a skills contest. If you know this these soundboards well, you can use them very nimbly. If you don't know them that well, you're or if you if you don't have the right if you have a loud mouse like like you can tap like on on my MacBook you can just tap lightly and then at, you know instead of clicking it because when you if you click and then you have a sound there's a lot of skills like that but then there's also the skill of like knowing where the the different responses are so yeah when people say specific things right away you turn back on that on that issue so um, 
you know, uh, you know, a lot. And then there's always like the tactics. Like, there's, it seems like almost all of them involve some sort of. Are you called me? You know, like it just get people. People almost always argue that 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 like, in fact. <laughs> they didn't call, and they received the call, and their phone rang. And they will just keep arguing that point with people. Like, you know, like, it's so funny, you know. Like that. That's the one recurring theme, but then it depends on the soundboard. But as you can see, like, the Bail Bondsman mega board, I mean, this thing is massive. There are so many different things that he's been recorded saying. <laughs> So that's a new song that uh, you're working on, huh, uh, Jessica? That's really cool. Yeah, right now it's called Song 45, because <laughs> that's what uh, my iPad is storing it as. Um, and sometimes I name them, but right now I don't have it. It doesn't, like, have a name yet, you know? But it's it's the new Garage Band, um, because you updated my iPad, right? Yeah, your iPad has updated OS, uh, OS and apps, yeah. So we'll talk more about that later. So Jessica, you know the uh, Cleveland uh, Film Festival is, uh, is is back. Isn't that about now? That's right. March <laughs> in Cleveland is still chilly, so let's go inside and watch some indie movie to warm us up. We went and saw. Did we see a German one last? I think week? it was German language. Yeah. Uh, that... And 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 they they drove down through Switzerland into Italy in the movie, and they started in somewhere in Germany, I think. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things is um, watching the international films and seeing the countrysides. I think they shoot so much of their surroundings, and they revel in the the beauty and the nature um, that they live in. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so southern Germany, Switzerland, northern Italy, very beautiful areas. It was fun. I didn't really know what they were saying, and, you know, we could kind of read the subtitles, and it was just kind of a crazy, interesting story, um, but... Who's, like, three borderline mental patients running away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, one sneaks in a car, but it's it's fun because, you know, you you're listening in a different language, and... I don't know, just it reminds me like I don't know what the the I don't know if the movie theaters are different in when you experience them in in London, but like in Spain they have assigned seats. So you get there and this is like so Spaniard, you get there like, you know, you get your tickets early whatever. And you like get them at like 7 o'clock, pick these two seats and then the movie starts at 9, so you go like drink and party and then you come and you settle in and you have assigned seats. Isn't that odd? 
yeah, well, that's that's different. I I don't know that. Yeah, I, don't I shouldn't know, say odd. I, I just I, I found it odd at first. I don't I know how there, they do it in England. Like, but kind of cool. Like, uh, what a good idea. Like, and I'm like, except for like, what if you get something that's like really tall in front of you? You know, I'm sure the Spaniard yeah. would be like, yes, we'll switch. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> uh, in London they I just went to one theater and it was uh, one of those on the Strand uh that where they were they were staging chicago and that was in 99 so before the uh richard gear renee zellweger Catherine zeta jones movie came out that was really popular and won all those awards like well i saw the stage version of it in london a couple years before that like in um i mean i think they had signed seats for that now in terms of the theater i mean i guess maybe they've just kept the formalism of the perform perform theater to the movie theaters in Spain, I kind of guessing that the Cineplexes in London will will would just have uh, just it would be a lot of like American movie theaters. You know, like the thing is with, with seeing movies there, there wasn't any real reason to in London because there's no real cultural angle on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like because it's English language and there's a lot of the same stuff that's popular in England. At least in Spain, no matter what, there's gonna be a little spin on it, right? Like probably, was it Spanish overdub or was it Spanish subtitles? Right. You're going to get something like that, right? And then you're going to get the Spanish reaction. And then the way the seatings are. Now, I can't speak for the way it is in, in, in Britain, but I remember there was like a... Right in Piccadilly Circus, right, you know, in London, um, there was a big theater. Uh, actually, you know, like at Leicester Square, you know, right near Piccadilly Circus. There, There's there's a, a Cineplex there, or there was. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just... Uh, they had the, the Phantom Menace uh, there, so... Uh, uh, you know, obviously that was not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, we watched some, uh, some, what is it, uh, criticism? Yeah, yeah, we were watching the, the movie, um, I'm, yeah, uh, I, a, uh, a video on YouTube that is like this long rant about, uh, Star Wars that I... Really long. <laughs> I think it goes through... Which one does it go through? It go, Oh, it goes through the um, the last one. The one... There's different... There's different versions, right, of... Uh, um, I'm trying to remember which one we... Uh, I think we... We, we were talking... It's talking about the last one. The 2005 one. The... Uh, like, like the, the part we were watching was focusing on that, although we did videos on all of them. Yeah. Um... And, uh, oh yeah, Mr. Plinkett's Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith Review. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he just goes to town on how bad it is. Uh, you it's know. It's pretty, it's pretty funny but true, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, I guess. Um, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, oh, one of the things he makes fun of in, in, in this, in, in this is, uh, that, he like George Lucas um, talks about it being a uh, oh yeah a kids movie, and he talks about all the dark stuff and all the murders of kids <laughs> in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like how they show him like sitting in the director chair. <laughs> oh yeah, he keeps going back uh, again and again to the. Um, to some some behind the scenes footage of Lucas on a soundstage with just a bunch of like 
you know, just just inside a studio, sitting on a chair. He's drinking coffee, as he yeah. as he says, and <laughs> right. and um and and but the thing is, it, it, the ones he shows, and I don't know how many different sets they used or, or anything about the production, but the one that he's using, it's just it's a long rectangle that people walk on. So every scene, it just fits within like a narrow. It looks like they're in a wide hallway. But they're always walking down a narrow part of it, and he points to all these technical limitations of the movie that I'm not even really enough, maybe, of a movie buff to even pick up on, especially um, graphics-driven, you know, CGI-driven movies and stuff like that. Like, I don't have any sense. I mean, you know, I took my film studies class in in college and stuff, but I like to. I I guess I have more of an interest in like classic or or classic films or or dra- modern dramas or something like stuff that these these movies you know when you really get down to it it's almost like impossible that's like kind of what i come away with is that it's sort of hopeless like your um what's your opinion on the new star wars the jj abrams isn't that who's working on it i don't know i didn't know there was a new star wars they're making the new star wars with all new people well, I guess they're getting Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, possibly Harrison Ford, to come back. That's Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds live. Songs called John Finn's Wife. That's what I imagine. I like that. Yeah, it's a so it's a that's a that's a good uh, that's a good band. Uh, you know, uh, kind kind of a uh, real. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say heavy tone, but a kind of a dark tone to the music. Uh, Good stuff. Melancholy. Some of it is. Some of it's maybe a more kind of brooding, kind of dark kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Now, people, um, one of the other things that, that Mr. Plinkett guy refutes about Star Wars Episode Three is the idea that it's dark. Like, well, or if it's dark, why why is that a good thing in itself? I don't know. But there's a lot. Like, here's a, here's a clip where he talks about some what some of the characters are up to. If Palpatine can diminish his ability to use the Force, then why is that only limited to the mental and not the physical? Anyway, when Anakin is raging with frustration and worry about Padme's inexplicable impending murder by pregnancy, Yoda can't tell that Anakin is, one, hiding something really big, two, is madly in love with hot pants Padme, three, is just teeming with irritation and frustration at the Jedi and at every aspect of his life. I guess the dark side clouds everything, but by just looking at the guy I could tell all sorts of things are wrong, and I'm no psychologist. In fact, I threw my last psychologist out a window for asking about my dear mother. Bury them under the floorboard. It's a joke! It's a fucking joke! You know what I mean? It'll be our little secret. 
You're gonna lose a tooth. You'll lose it. The guy is like sweating and he looks evil. Like the concept that Palpatine is clouding everyone's minds basically makes all the characters null and void and utterly stupid. Does his mind clouding ability have a range? Like when Yoda is on Kashyyyk, is he like, hey, wait a minute, it all makes sense now. Palpatine's behind it all. Unfortunately, the debate is not over. The Senate will never approve the use of clones before the Senate's attack. This is a crisis. The Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers. He can then approve the creation of an army. The entire Senate is filled with stupid idiots. Yeah, okay, that's true, yes. So, uh, um, I was looking at the list of the Cleveland Film Festival, and uh, I don't know. Um, hard to say, you know, what you should attend, you know, see, like, especially from the raw materials, like, remember we've gotten that handout in years past, and maybe they still have a physical, like, booklet, but, but I mean, it's, it's, I think it's all on the website, too, but, you know, you look at it, and you, and it says, like, here's, like, films A to Z, but how do you, you know, oh, this is just the name, you know, like, how do you, and there's a lot of them. (laughs) You have to either... Be adventurous and just pick a couple of days and nights to go and go, I want to go on Friday at 4. And then see what's available at that time. Right. Because it's like, there's a word of mouth, there's social media, I guess, like about what to see. Because, I mean, the sax man, saxof- and then saxophonist Howard Smith. So there's apparently two saxophone movies. <laughs> you know, the, the Cleveland Press or even the film festival might have done like some, you know, editor's choice or you know op- the opening night movie is really pretty good oh they okay. repeat it whatever they play opening night so that's always like a you know at least what you know they think is the best foot forward because they got a lot of people there and excited kind of a thing yeah um i think it's just it's fun because you know i think these filmmakers aren't as tainted by hollywood some of them are but um, it's a little bit more of like a a raw artistic expression. Uh, so there's a there's a movie called Scent of a Woman, which is apparently from 2013. Isn't that like a a movie from a while ago? It's Al Pacino. <laughs> I think it was. Please tell me it's not a redo of that movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So let's see. It says. On the eve of a romantic weekend upstate, sweet but profoundly awkward Chloe plans on telling Dan, her boyfriend of three weeks, that she loves him. While he prepares the one meal he knows how to make, (laughs) fettuccine Alfredo, (laughs) she tries on sexy lingerie and works to build up her courage. Then, terror strikes as lactose intolerant Chloe comes face to face with Dan's creamy concoction. Chloe escapes to find her trusty dairy aid, but she's all out. Not wanting to be rude and hoping to delay Dan with her voraciousness, Chloe throws caution to the wind and dives into the meal. But as soon as the wine kicks in, <laughs> so does the Alfredo. I, I almost can't believe that you read that. I have to want to give you some points for if you made up any of that. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, uh, 
that's what the Cleveland Film Festival has to offer everybody. A girl who has <laughs> the shitty runs. <laughs> but she wants to hang out with a guy and shit her pants in front of him. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Miles Davis, Tempest Fugit, the song. Beautiful song. And what's the album that it's on? Well, I'm uh, playing it off Spotify. This uh, this album says uh, Masterworks Volume 2. There's so many different collections and stuff of yeah. Miles Davis material. I love it. And uh, we... Uh, we're talking earlier about. Did we mention earlier the 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 upcoming Star Wars? J.J. Abrams is going to be directing it. That's right. That's what it looks like. So, uh, you know, uh, he was the guy behind Lost, right? Yeah. And then he did the new Star Trek movies one and two. Which I think I've seen one, maybe. Have you? Did you see? Did you maybe see the first one of them? I think so. All right. Yeah. Um. I don't. I think I've. Uh, I, I've. I've. Still haven't caught up on those. Uh, what did you? What did you think of the the one from you remember? See, I don't know if I just maybe saw enough clips and previews that it felt like I saw the whole movie, or if I sat down to watch it. Well, yeah. But I. I think the the bits I do remember. You know, good lighting, good coloring. But I can't say much to like the story or directing because I didn't really pay that much attention. Does um, does so does like 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 the, the question is uh, does does he have much of a chance to make anything good with with Star Wars? Because when we were looking at those um, those critiques of the movies, the prequels especially, uh, it, it makes you kind of wonder what what chance there is to make a good movie in that genre. Like, you remember when The Mummy came out? I think it came out right around when The Phantom Menace came out, right around 1999. So, just as the Star Wars prequels are coming out with their first one, Lucasfilm or whoever, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, whatever, his company, his shop, they did the graphics for The Mummy, right? Yeah. And I never sat all the way through The Mummy. You know, it's one of those... Things that'll be on like cable and you'll flip by, but like you know, I, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't really interest me. But but I know that the thing that they kept showing on clips when they were hyping the movie back when it was coming out and stuff, it was like a battle scene just like the one in the Phantom Menace, and they're both stupid and they're both. But do you know what I mean? It's the same basic uh, graphics, just with different character skins. 
Oh, yeah. They, they do that a lot, right? They build it once and then they can just reskin it. That's all movies were for a while that were like yeah. these blockbuster movies that had any kind of fighting, you know, masked fighting scene. I just, I think, you know, if you're going to do Star Wars, you know, it's a pretty sacred space. You know, you start at Star Wars magazine and, you know, hearing from all the fans, you know, it's a pretty, like, serious um, religion almost for some people. Well, so, I think, actually, they're, they're, that's one of those things, yeah, that so people like, take like that. Yeah, they I tr- mean. They treat it like that. There's a whole universe and spinoffs and everything, and, you know, the fans really own it. And so, hopefully he's not just doing it to make a quick buck or, you know signed a deal with the studio where he had to direct three movies and this is his last one well uh yeah jj abrams star wars like okay so i mean what chance i don't know what chance it has of being any good (laughs) i mean really i mean what do they have to work with you know and like the whole idea like the, the prequels are especially bad and they go out of their way to be bad and they're incredibly bad they but, really are. But, like, how would they How would they have been done well? How could there be prequels that would really be very good? And maybe prequels was a dumb idea. Now they're doing, like, a sequel. Like, supposedly what he's doing is, is uh, going under the name Episode 7. Because Disney owns the franchise now. Are there any previews or they're just barely getting the director and, and casting it and everything? We That's a good question. I don't think there's any years. material out there yet of it. Summer 2016 or something. I bet there's a lot of hotheads talking about it on YouTube. Hotheads. Like... <laughs> Let's type in J.J. Abrams Star Wars into the amazing uh, uh, YouTube search box. Um, well, Horse's Mouth. You want to hear? Uh, want to hear? It says J.J. Abrams on Star Wars. So, um, oh, I thought like Horses Mouth was like the name of a podcast or something for a minute. And I was like, that'd be really a funny podcast name. <laughs> but then I realized it was Ready? gonna be him. We're both children of the 1970s, and obviously, there was a seismic event in the mid 70s when Star Wars hit for the first time. We we're around a similar age. And uh, it, it kind of, it utterly changed so much. I mean, it changed it changed society, let alone cinema. But I, I remember just being, I mean, just blown away by it. You know, and kind of coming out of the movie theater with a poster rolled up going, yeah, it, it was great. I remember seeing in a magazine about six months before the movie came out. Uh, and it, I remember seeing Star Wars and it was the logo. And I remember saying aloud, Star Wars. It was like I remember I'd never said those words together before. I don't know who it is. Heard that, and there was something about it that felt <clears throat> sort of uh, it, it was unusual. And I remember feeling like that was you know odd. I, I didn't know Star Wars, and I, it's so strange to remember. I don't remember before it was something that we're just born knowing about, and kids yeah. now it's just Star Wars. Which, you know, uh, but like like you, when I first saw it, uh, I was eleven, and it was impossible. It was just suddenly this expansive possibility was, was there of, of, you know, storytelling and, uh, you know, it was a modern day myth. And I, I just, that was my thing. Meanwhile, with Star Trek, I had friends who loved it. And I, I just never, I tried, I'd sit and watch episodes and try to find my way in. And for some reason, uh, I think the, this, because it was a more philosophical sort of yeah. debate driven show, yeah. I loved the, the, the 
action of Star Star Wars and Trek never seemed to really have that. Yeah, action points. What I think you did with Star Trek to 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 bring it back with such you know incredible force, which is if you pardon the pun, which is to inject it with a little <laughs> bit of science fiction <laughs> fantasy, which is more what Star Wars is. You see, Star Trek is like science fiction, and. Um, I totally agree with that, but, but I, I would say that, you know, um, even now discussing Star Wars, the, the approach, it's so different. It's such a, 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 a disparate universe, and I think that the, you know, the history of it, the, the tone of it, the approach of it, the, the, the feel, the, the themes of it, feel incredibly different to me, okay. uh, Star Wars to Star Trek. Are you doing Star Wars now? Oh, I'm very excited that, that, Jay, that JJ's doing Star Wars as a fan, you know, just because I know it feels weird saying this to you. But um, I, do, I don't have to say any of that because I entirely trust JJ's creative vision. So it's something that I, I'm happy to just, it just feels like it's in safe hands now. You know, you, you get it like. That's a lot on a director. It, you know, like I get it. I, I, it has that meaning to you and I know that that's. <laughs> yeah, really where is this interview going? With, in whatever form it takes. Uh, well, Into fan drooling dumb. Uh, it's an interesting thing working on Star Trek. Uh, where were being, you calling uh, Unlike you, uh, someone who never uh, got it actually until we started working on it. Um, but I feel like uh, that was always a little bit of a uh, something to fall back on, kind of a safety. Yes, I'm back home. I'm not going away from home. Questions about what we were doing. It couldn't just be acceptable because it existed, and I loved it because I was a fan. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of the yeah, challenge, yeah, obviously, yeah. Charge is <laughs> anything that you come to, or like reveal his uh, true form as some kind of really old monster. It's like the question of you know you have to I'm kind of sure force yourself to start over and, and not assume anyone's going to care. Force kind of really now the title, the further adventures of Jar Jar Binks. Wise <laughs> or. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a joke at the end because it's funny. Cool. <laughs> Nobody would want to watch that. The further adventures. Nobody wanted to watch any of the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna watch it. What do you think? I say yes. I'm kind of skeptical, but oh. <laughs> um, how about? Uh, okay, okay. You go, go with me. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, so the, um, you've been listening to the Pacific Pelican.us slash 64 podcast, uh, episode number 127 with me, Dan McKeown, and with Jessica McKeown. That's me. And we've been recording on, uh, Sunday, March 16th, 2014, uh, so... Go to the websites, djmcloud.com, pacificpelican.us slash 64. Find links to the show notes, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, here, here. Um, we're we're just gonna see what this, the another Cleveland film, and Cleve. Uh, well, it's at clevelandfilm.org, uh, but the actual title of the festival is Cleveland International Film Festival. So, th- this year, March nineteenth to March thirtieth. Uh, and okay, so th- this is the official trailer for one of the, 
movies. Can't it's called it. The Sax Man. That sounds dirty. Got your recording. the best. <laughs> 